Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. TV and film awards season brings up conversation about who is missing in front of and behind the camera. But it's a concern that exists outside the Emmys, Golden Globes, and Oscars, and problems around diversity in film and video production persist all over the country, not just in Hollywood. St. Louis has been building its profile as a place that welcomes and supports filmmaking. At the same time, it struggles to raise up and retain homegrown talent. Bobby Best moved to St. Louis from San Diego. He recognizes that St. Louis is growing in the arts overall, but in the context of its film and video production industry, the lack of diversity hinders black filmmakers' growth. It's white male dominated, and there are cliques here, um, for the most part, gatekeep. You know, they'll have black people in on things, but it's not to be in charge of stuff. It's not to um, it's not to run productions. It's not to DP. It's for it's for PA stuff, things of that nature. You know, and nothing's wrong with that. But when you come in with experience, you shouldn't like that. The, because you're not, you don't look like them. Should not be a factor. Now that's in an ideal world, right? I've actually had conversations with uh, fellow uh, video videographers and, and cinematographers about, you know, because they really want to be in on the game here, right? And I'm like, that's fine, you know, go ahead and get in, you know, get in those circles and all that. Also, hold on to your integrity. Like, don't just be a token on the set. Continuity is a St. Louis nonprofit that's been working to diversify the local film and video production industry to be part of changing not only the way the industry looks locally, but the way it operates and promotes the growth of a healthy filmmaking ecosystem. Here to talk with us about their place in all of that, we welcome two guests, Kyle Montgomery, co-founder of Continuity. Welcome. Thank you for having us. And Quinsanta Boyd, a continuity board secretary, past instructor, and full-time videographer. Welcome to you as well. Thanks for having me. And thanks so much for joining us today. So, Kyle, you know, we've talked about the arts and creative ecosystem in St. Louis a fair amount on this show. You know, how the city and the artists here make this region a place where people can learn and build their career but also a place where people want to and can stay here long term. So I moved here from Los Angeles, and there's a obviously huge film production community there. But what is it that makes St. Louis a special place to be a filmmaker or videographer compared to other places, either on the coast or even in Chicago? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for us, here in St. Louis, there's a rich history of opportunities to, one, um, build on an already um, great history with just our arts community and the nonprofits that support that community. I think the story now is how do we support talent and continue to support talent so not only that they stay here, but they bring projects here and that we have the talent pool to continue that for years to come. Mm-hmm. And what is it that inspired you to co-found Continuity 
sort of given the, the context that we've just gone through. Yeah, definitely. So after moving back in 2012, uh, my co-founder and I were working with a program that was doing some after-school training for media production in St. Louis public schools. And during that time, we learned a lot about what it was that people were being offered for opportunities post high school. Many opportunities that were headed more towards the trades, not towards video production or media production. And so we saw that as an opportunity, one, based on having conversations with people in the local news and media industry, two, that had lived in other places. But we really found that we could make a a difference by expanding diversity um, through media production training. And that's what we ended up actually landing on. Mm We heard from John Alexander, who spoke to sort of the state of diversity in the industry locally. John Alexander is a director of photography who is from St. Louis. He's been living and working in Atlanta, Georgia for the last four years, and he reflected on the lack of diversity on set in St. Louis, which led to negative experiences on set. There were many times where I'd be on set and I'd look up, and I'm literally the only black person on set. Not the only black person below the line, not the only black PA, not the only black whatever. The only black person on set. And a lot of times, I'm the only person of color on set. So in, uh, in, in, in an environment like that, it's not really conducive for you to grow. It's like you, gotta, you definitely got to play by different rules. You got to play by rules that aren't catered towards you um, and catered towards your growth. That was John Alexander, St. Louis native, who is a director of photography and now based in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, part of the conversation about creating a healthy arts ecosystem is making said ecosystem equitable for everyone. And Continuity has a specific mission to help more Black creatives learn the ropes of film and video production. Quinsanta, you came into continuity as a as an instructor. Mm-hmm. What is it that you were seeing among those who were coming to be part of, of the offerings at continuity? What was it reflecting about the state of the industry in St. Louis? Uh, <clears throat> first of all, shout out to John. Uh, worked with him, and he's super super talented person. Um, I think that what we f- found out is that <clears throat> there's a lot of talent here and people just don't know the place to uh, get those avenues right so we find out that a lot of people like don't have the tools but they have the stories to tell Um, so I think when we started to get into or started the program there was a high amount of diversity in our uh, base but there was not a lot of like uh, talent, or they, they never had access to that talent. They had the talent in their mind, but they didn't have the, the, the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we were able to do was like to, I th- the biggest thing is just to, we were able to plant these seeds and, and grow um, these talents to something that they can actually physically create now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it comes from the mind and now it's a product. Right. Something um, that other people can see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, you said that you came back to St. Louis. Where did you come back from? And why is this issue that we're talking about one that means that we are we're losing out? 
Yeah, definitely. So I uh, moved to Arizona, lived there for eight years. And um, yeah, it's definitely uh, a more diverse place. Uh, they do some statistics on where each city kind of lies in that. And, you know, based on the collective of the cultures that actually live in that city. And I think that one of the things with our history in St. Louis is, you know, segregation and all the um, all the things that actually then uh, create issues for people to one stay uh, and continue to stay, but also we're a very transient city from you know people coming here to get educations, but then not necessarily wanting to to stay here um, long term. Mm-hmm. And Quintana, with what you are doing now, I said that you are a full time videographer yes. here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time when you thought that you would need to leave here? Uh, yeah, I mean in the you know, I never thought that it was even sustainable here. Um, and it, it just, you know, what I realized is even if I left, I would always want to bring the skills back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I also realized that as much as we believe or think that there's not a, um, a income or just like people to work with in the city, I found a lot of people that I am able to work with, a mm-hmm. lot of people that coincide with the types of things that I also believe in. Um, I get to do video projects um, with things that I actually like to do, mm-hmm. that I love to do, that I want to invest in. Um, so, you know, I I like to travel. This was the this avenue gave me the ability to travel when I never thought that I could get out of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to say that I want to move now, yeah. you know. I, so someone else that we heard from is Drew Brown. Mm-hmm. And Drew is a cinematographer and drone operator who is based here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but works frequently in cities like L.A., Chicago, and abroad in Europe. He says he faced challenges in not just getting on sets um, because of his limited network, but also then using that network uh, to launch his career. Mm-hmm. I grew up not knowing that many, you know, people connected to certain organizations. So I've always been the one to use my own equipment or my own funding to help tell the stories of St. Louis. I always say whenever I'm hired somewhere, I'm the only black filmmaker around and that's a certain feel you get. And they've told me, yeah, well, it's recency bias because they know all their friends do this, this and that. So they're going to hire their friends and who they go to. And again, that was Drew Brown, cinematographer and drone operator based here in St. Louis. Drew's talking about something that you brought up earlier, Mm -hmm. Quinsanta, which is about who you know. Mm -hmm. um, And having that knowledge is is extremely key when it comes to making moves and progressing. Mm -hmm. And that inequity that is seen in in filmmaking and video production, it starts early Mm -hmm. on in who gets encouraged, for example, to go into film. Can you share a little bit of your story as to you know, how you got into video production and whether you had support from teachers and family? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's kind of funny because I wanted to do um, television in high school and I wasn't even like I wasn't considered for the television track. Um, it started off with just normally having that uh Uh, the thought process of parents saying you need to do something that's, you know, already beneficial financially. And filmmaking wasn't one of those things. 
Um, but when I first picked up a camera, I realized that it was so dope that the way that you could take a image and create this, um, it's like making something boring look fun okay. or make something, you know, it's, it was just this, this, this thing that just like let me tell the stories that I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pretty much started and did an after school program in high school because I wasn't able to go into that television track. And the the way that I pursued that program was like very extreme. Like I was following, I was learning, I was taking every chance that I could get to learn and move forward. Um, with that, I was able to basically prove to people that this is what I wanted to do and this is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And immediately I was in that television track after that. Yeah. Um, immediately I just started to follow people who were um, who were just in the industry. And I think that we we speak about the, you know, connections and I think it's just taking advantage of every opportunity that you get and following up with it because it's your passion, it's your dream. Some things don't look like they are attainable when you first do them. Um, but if you keep pushing forward, you will create that avenue for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I have been in a lot of rooms where I was the only um, African-American, where I was the only person. And it's definitely, sometimes it gets confusing the way that speak, people speak, um, the way the conversations that people have, and just the feeling like it's a side eye or something, looking at you just being uh, diverse in that um, area. But I think the the main thing I wanted to do and the reason that I got into um, filmmaking is just that when I am in those rooms, it's a lot of things that like people speak of that seems to be over complicated and just maybe vocabulary. Um, and just coming from the inner city, I wanted to be able to communicate what is being said here and translate it to what uh, to my people to to who I'm speaking to. Mm-hmm. You know? And then ultimately, yeah. what is seen. I mean, as you're speaking, we can I see because you're in front of me, your your face sort of light up and yeah. the excitement with which you're you're describing what your experience has been. Kyle, with what you've done uh, at Continuity, is much of what Quinsanta has shared about his own experience reflected in what other folks who've participated in your programs what they say as well. Yeah, definitely. I think. From what I'm hearing when I reach back out to past participants just to get their insight and just kind of the pulse of the industry, we've actually had multiple people that have graduated from our program and ended up actually going to L.A. So I just was able to touch base with two of our participants, uh, Sheree and Musao, over the last few weeks and just kind of get a pulse on what's happening out there. What is the difference uh, from when they originally got there? Musao actually left within a month of graduating our 2017-2018 cohort and hasn't came back. Mm -hmm. Her plan was either to succeed or fail, she succeeded. She's right. now a production coordinator for ABC Signatures. And she's really just talking about the interest in the industry. But we're seeing that to where now Sheree is also uh, a field producer for uh, Breakwater Studios out there. And they're actually collaborating on a project in LA. So it's taking that leap, but it's being able to one, touch base with us here as a support structure too, and as a partner, if they need anything, if there's anything we can do to help um, connect them in any way, I think that's where it comes back to is like, what it is for us to be 
the continuity family that we are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, like, uh, just whenever he mentions stories like that, it's like those are um, participants that I was able to be an instructor for. Um, and not even knowing what would happen, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's super positive and super uh, just nice to seeing uh, the past that uh, some of our past cohorts have been able to take. Yeah, we're in a pivotal time right now yeah. uh, in St. Louis, and especially with the tax incentive to really make those stories consistent yeah. and continuous. This is a great spot to take a, a very quick break, but we will be back shortly to pick up with that and to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about some of the successes that have been, uh, that you've seen come out of those who've participated in the programs at Continuity. Funding also is something that is really important in any conversation about a thriving ecosystem. Alex Rafi is a film professor at St. Louis University, and he's also a filmmaker. He thinks that St. Louis stands to create more opportunities for film production and black creatives. I will say that something that I wish there was a bit more of in St. Louis that I've seen sort of working in other regions is just broader funding structures in general that creates opportunities for organizations focusing specifically on Black filmmakers and Black arts and Black video art to develop and thrive and grow, which would help all Black filmmakers and all Black artists in the region. St. Louis, with these new Missouri film incentives, I think is sort of on the precipice of some new things happening. And I'm hoping that that lays some seeds for Black organizations and Black institutions locally to start considering film in different ways or to build a stronger film culture just generally. That was St. Louis University film professor Alex Rafi, who is also a filmmaker. So Alex spoke there about the precipice and the the new film incentives, uh, the tax incentives that you were talking about, Kyle. What would be the difference between falling off the precipice and flying from it? Let's see. Um, So I I love and second what Alex said. I think that it goes back to um, what Quintana was saying about planting seeds. I think that right now is the time where we have to take a step back, look at where we've been, and also look at where we want to be. And that starts with being able to look at our industry and see where those investment dollars are going into infrastructure, into training. There are a lot of other industries that are doing workforce development. And one of the things that I like to say is every time that you see the credits roll at the end of a film, those are all jobs. Those are high paying jobs. Those are good jobs. How do we do that? And I think that's through investment, both from our industry, but also through other aspects of looking at um, other places like New Mexico, Atlanta, taking from uh, those places and understanding what they did right, what they could have done better, and making that a truth here. Mm-hmm. Now, being able to fund projects, obviously, is something that uh, people talk about. 
and adequately paying all those people that you've just mentioned in those credits, paying the crew and talent adequately is the first step to completion and coming even before completion and to keeping talent in any one place. And we do know that funding of the arts is not equitable, whether it's in St. Louis or elsewhere. And we've talked with institutions around town that are working to address that disparity. I mean, how much does one's network, which is something that we have talked about, how much does network determine how much funding is uh, within reach and what's being done to level the playing field in that regard? Yeah, funding does have a lot to do with that. Uh, I use this reference that when I was first starting off as um, a small business owner that, you know, I asked my mom, hey, do we know an accountant? She goes, yeah. I'm like, well, what about a lawyer? She's like, I work for a lawyer. I'm like, okay, that's great. How do those conversations then turn into when someone's actually trying to fund their film? Obviously, we've seen Kickstarter in the past and GoFundMes and all of these avenues. And people have had great successes for both their products and their projects. But what does that look like for real investment Mm -hmm. when people are really interested in, one, uh, creating art, but also their legacy through that art? Now, making your art, making your film, making a living often involves building your own table because tables are not available to you. Cami Thomas created her own production company called My Friends and I. And a, a big part of what motivated Cami to stay in St. Louis and build her own company from the ground up is the disparity in work experience opportunities for black creators. I think the number one thing that needs to happen is just there need to be more opportunities for people to get hands-on experience on set. Um, you know, there's a pretty big gap here between being a videographer versus being able to thrive as a full-fledged filmmaker. And I think the main gap there is is practical experience, right? So if someone might have someone might have the opportunities in St. Louis currently to bring their camera somewhere to kind of have a run and gun set up and, and tell the story on their own, which is great, but to make it to sort of that next level that a lot of filmmakers are looking for, it, you need to be able to learn how to, to light and to pull focus maybe and to use a dolly track and, and, you know, really be able to lean into those types of tools and those types of tactics around storytelling. And in St. Louis, frankly, those opportunities are pretty limited. And that was my friends and I, co-founder, that is, Cami Thomas, who created her own production company here in St. Louis and was speaking to disparity and work experience opportunities for black creators. Quinsanta, is any of what Cami talked about there, um, is it familiar to you? And how have you gone about overcoming some of those challenges? Yeah, so <clears throat> just being on different sets. Now, I am a run-and-gun style videographer sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'm a director of photography. It really depends on uh, the situation. Um, but what what seems to, what really sticks out um, is just the fact that a lot of people kind of need to learn about all of the avenues that they have in production and video production. Um, and it's it's not just the videographer is not just picking up the camera and being a DP and a cinematographer. Um, I met a guy uh, a couple of weeks ago, and all he does is pull focus, and that is his 
like he's the guy that that gets called for that job. What is to pull focus? Yeah, to pull focus. Okay. He's a focus puller. Um, what, what does that mean? So you're you're uh, sitting in front of a monitor, and a cinema camera is a, is a manual camera. So he is making sure that any every shot is in tack focus, no matter what movements are going on, and that could be pretty hyper. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's a very precise job. Um, so. I think that it's, it's, if if we had more avenues to kind of show people that there are a lot of like very specific jobs that you can do that could get you in a field that you may love more than what you see, mm. um, that a lot of times can push you further. Because what what I'm find, what I've found out is that when you are the running gun and when you are the one person band um it doesn't translate to big productions and when you get on big productions you have to have your avenue and you have to be very good in your specific skill mm -hmm. um so if you have any it, and that's what we've been able to do in some of these uh workshops that we've been doing mm -hmm. uh with production and pre-production yeah um but yeah so it's it's just about looking into the field, going, you, you want to start off as PA to see everything, but a lot of things you probably want to go like on a fast track in something very specific whenever you, if you have a dream of doing big productions. Right. Yeah. And Kyle, to this point about opportunities for work experience, how has continuity worked to to you know, to broaden the the range of options or just the sheer number of opportunities that are available. Sure. Yeah, we've been really excited over the last year to uh, actually start our apprenticeship program, and so we're actually the only registered apprentice program with the Missouri Film Office. And so people that go through our set basics training, they then become a registered apprentice and are able to work on a film set that is a part of the tax incentive. Uh, as a PA, or if they have another background and talent, um, they can actually hopefully be crewed as that, maybe wardrobe, maybe stylist, uh, maybe someone that's actually doing more um, work that they actually have been previously trained for. Also, um, with that, the apprenticeship program is to work with local production companies, too. And so we actually have a um, partnership with the Missouri Film Office to help actually pay for their full day rate on a production set. And so they can go and work with a local production company, get on set as a crew apprentice. And then we're really excited. We're going to be starting to pilot a uh, crew labs at Bad Dog Pictures off Kings Highway with Tom and his team. And we're really hopeful that those hands-on labs will help bridge that gap between what our workshops are doing with theory and actually putting those fundamentals to, into practice. Mm -hmm. And as we wrap here, I mean, what is it that excites you most about what is next with continuity, Kyle? Yeah, so we're celebrating 10 years. So just to be uh, able to say that um, is exciting enough. Uh, we'll see what the next 10 years looks like. But I'm just happy just being present right now um, and all the work that we've done um, and hopeful um, for what the work is that will come. Mm -hmm. And Quinsanta, what has been most rewarding for you, you know, personally and professionally about your involvement with the work that Continuity is doing? Yeah, um, I think the most rewarding is just seeing uh, dreams um, come true or seeing people being able to follow these avenues and they, they now take this thing that they may feel like was a hobby and turn it into a career. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to 
to empower and um, take your skills and just pass those along as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking to an artist before and he told me that uh, he just asked a question and I gave him a bunch of information and he was like, I like that. Let me give you some information because I didn't feel like you were gatekeeping anything. Oh. And I'm like, well, it's no reason for me to do that. Why? Yeah. Um, so just I just like to it, it's, it's just nice to pass along um, information and see the growth of past participants. Quinsanta Boyd is Board Secretary of Continuity, past Continuity Instructor and a full-time videographer, and Kyle Montgomery is co-founder of Continuity. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was produced, recorded, and edited by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.